Welcome to Retro Fanfic Retrospective, the podcast where we dredge up old fanfiction and expose it to the cold, harsh light of 2018. My name is Amato, and with me are... Dory. And Dom. And how are you all today? Doing good, doing good. I just uh, saw the Detective Pikachu trailer, though, so I'm a little bit... (laughs) So did I. A little bit taken aback. Does it take your breath away? Uh, It does something to my breath. (laughs) I'm not sure if it takes it away or reforms it into some black mass of unoriginated shape. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. It sounds like it should be terrible, but you see it and it's terribly good. You good? can't, you no, can't hate that. I, I wouldn't say It's that. good. <laughs> um, good is not the word I would apply. Hmm. But definitely excited. Yeah, mm. I'm, I'm excited too. Let it sit for a while, Tori. You'll, you'll come around. Yeah, I think the word I would apply right now is in shock. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how it goes. In thunder shock. <laughs> well, that's a joke they'd make in that movie. No, that movie seems a little smarter than that. I think they're above that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, wow, you have, I have faith. You really have a lot of faith in this. Well, I do. There was Ryan Reynolds Pikachu. They had Ryan Reynolds Pikachu, but there weren't weren't any terrible grade school level puns. That, well, as that you know of. Y- yes. <laughs> <laughs> as in, they weren't observable to the human eyes and or ears. Yes. Well, well we, we will see. We shall see. In terms of turning, appealing to an older audience for Pokemon, at some coming up in the future, we're going to be reading Pokemon Master, and um, I, it looks better than Pokemon Master, from yeah. what I remember. So, okay. So, so I well, guess there you go. Yeah, there you yeah, go. I guess as a person who regularly partakes in the act of reading fan fiction from the 90s and early 2000s, I can't be too critical of the Pokemon Detective movie because that's kind of right up our alley. Oh also, yeah. Also out of our time frame, so we can't. <laughs> Legally. <laughs> we can't legally review it? Yeah. So, because I was really hoping. <laughs> in the upcoming fanfics, I keep stretching the time frame. I was just telling Dom, we're going to be... I'm intending to do an Avatar The Last Airbender fanfic, and that's like 2006, and it pained me to put it on the list. I was <laughs> that's like, a really 2006. That came out when I was in college. <sighs> like, come on. Yeah, I was supposed to doing stuff from our childhood. But. Well, I, I just kind of wanted to do it. And also, it's like really early in the life of the fandom. And I was like, that kind of counts, right? Yeah, sort it's, of. it's also a retro enough considering there was a, another series after it and there's another one coming right. out at some point soon. Like, it's it's had some time to simmer. Yeah. Well, it's also a really good series, so I'm not, like, gonna... You know, you were the one who came up with the original time frame. Model, I know. So if you want to break it, that's up to you. I also intended to do mostly anime fanfics, and, you know, you had you did the art with us in, as anime-type characters, but we keep doing non-anime things like today. <laughs> yeah. Was there a Harry Potter anime? There should have been. No. I, I know there wasn't. It was kind of... There's plenty of... Uh, I asked that question knowing the answer. Harry Potter fan art, so... That's true. We'll be mm-hmm. and I'm sure someone attempted it at one point. And we're selling out in multiple ways, because our fanfic today is the most famous fanfic that we have read, and possibly ever will read. Hmm. I mean, I'm not saying it's famous like world-shaking, but within the fandom, I feel like more people are aware of this than... Any of the other... Uh, Toily? Mm, maybe. Maybe the one I love is. I, but there's definitely a huge... There's a way larger Harry Potter oh, fan that's very true than Evangelion or anything. Than, yeah. Evangelion, than almost anything. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, it's interesting though because I was never a Harry Potter person. So, mm-hmm. but. Well, I, I was. I jumped on board around Goblet of Fire 
And mm-hmm. from then on, I was getting the books upon release. I even went to one of the midnight openings, just but that was more because like let's yeah. go to one of these while they're still happening, like than anything else. Sure, sure. It was the one in Multnomah Village, so right. it wasn't yeah. that far. No, I loved fantasy books growing up. I thought Harry Potter was trite compared to the uh, like high fantasy I was reading. Oh, well, but that's, I knew that's probably so true. Many, well, I I was like a kid, so I was being elitist and probably unfair. <laughs> but my main point is that everyone I knew loved Harry Potter, mm-hmm. even people who weren't originally geeky about that sort of stuff. Well, I was like, I read a lot of high fantasy too as a kid, and I got that attitude from my mom, who also read a lot. Problem was, not the problem, the thing was, uh, my mom also read a lot of just er- everything and anything, so yeah. I also read a lot of anything and everything, so something being too trite wasn't something that came up even occurred to me. <laughs> it was yeah, just fun. no, I was just being an elitist, like, because I was 12 <laughs> and I thought I knew everything. So, you know. I never thought I knew uh, anything. <laughs> now that I go back to Harry Potter, it's cute. Like, it's fun. The movies are definitely, I rewatched all the movies recently and they're great. But yeah. I was very into it um, as a kid. Yeah. I started about the same time as you, I think, yeah. somewhere There's between third and so fourth. so many people who are still really into Harry Potter and really into the fandom, too. Like, I have a cousin it's and huge. her family was, like, really into it. I, I didn't yeah. engage with the fandom hardly at all. I have this is the second Harry Potter fanfic I've read in my life probably. The other one I read was back in the day. It was another one of the big name fanfics, yeah. Paradigm of Uncertainty, and I don't remember too much about it. I think I liked it okay. The well, only other um, fanfic I voluntarily read within like the last five years has that, that I sought out and read myself was a Harry Potter fanfic. And See? was it uh, the the logic? What's it called? Harry Potter and the Methods of Rationality. Of course it was. Yes. Mostly because yeah. I like the idea of um, talking about logic and rational thinking and practical thinking, objective thinking. Yeah. There was a lot of it in there. People say that as yeah. long as you accept that the author is just going to kind of preach at you sometimes, that it's really good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, see, and that interests me in the sense of, like, Harry Potter fanfic being molded to any author's purpose in terms of, like, even somebody doing a, like... Um, what do you call it? Like, just a philosophical kind of issue mm-hmm. with Harry Potter. Um, even though I didn't read Harry Potter very much, like, I read the first book and thought it was kind of, eh, when I was 12, I read Harry Potter fan fiction because my friends wrote it, because, like... Oh, really? And because, yeah, like, all of my friends wrote Harry Potter fan fiction, they're really into it, so I proofread their fan fiction for them. So I read more Harry Potter fan fiction than I did Harry Potter, and that's saying something, you know, <laughs> to say that... This was a huge fan community. Oh, yeah. It still to is, say. I think. It still is, yes. I think you're overqualified for this one somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you Strangely kind of enough, know what you're yes. talking about. <laughs> Strangely, yes. The fanfic today is Draco Dormian's, I tried looking it up, how to pronounce it, uh, by Cassandra Clare. Yeah, it's um, it comes from the Hogwarts school logo. Mm-hmm. Draco Dormian's Nunquam Tillalandus, uh, Don't Tickle a Sleeping Dragon. That's right. Hmm. So Draco Dormian's is Sleeping Dragon. Sleeping Dragon. Sleeping Draco Malfoy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> this fanfic was released in the year 2000, and it's by Cassandra Clare. She's a big name because she's the author of the extremely popular Mortal Instruments series that I should probably read at some point so I can rela- like relate to today's youth. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Like, I see him around. I'm a substitute teacher. No, I didn't know this was the same author. Yep. Mm. Uh, have you read those? I've heard about them. <laughs> I've I had people try to get me to read them or so. I think my mom's read them as well. Okay. Yeah. Well, tell your mom to listen to this episode. <laughs> no. Oh, so this author is now... I might like, say I swear. Published. I'm not going to tell her to do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this uh, author is now published. Not just published. One of the most successful young adult authors on the scene today. Uh, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. This is extremely well written. Yeah. Yeah. 
And it's also the second thing I've read by Cassandra Clare, not having read the Mortal Instruments series, because I remember the very secret diaries back when the Lord of the Rings movies were coming out. Did either of you two read those? No. Cassandra like ex- wrote those? Extreme, what's that? Uh, Cassandra wrote those? Same author. The, oh. That was the one with, like, extremely parodic and, like, all of, p- parodic? Par- parod- how do you pronounce, how do you say that? Parody. Very parody. Very parody. <laughs> the one where Aragorn's journal entries always ended still not king. Doesn't I have about? not read any Lord of the Rings yeah, fan you, you fiction, definitely, I'm sorry. You definitely gave me those in high school, I guess that was. Yeah. And I enjoyed those a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I like went back and reread them every, every few years. <laughs> really? For a while? Well, it, it, It's good comedy. <laughs> it's interesting that, yeah, it's proof that somebody can kind of use fan fiction as a jumping off point to become a successful published author. So it happens. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, it's been happening a lot uh, this day and age where a lot of like web webcomic artists have transitioned into full-fledged animation. Yes, and that's pretty cool. You know, I've also had a lot of friends come from the not the web comic scene, but just from the cartooning scene and come on to work on to series like Adventure Time, etc. Though yep. so the internet has often propelled them in those ways, even though they usually work in traditional media, as soon as they put it on the internet, that's when it becomes popular. Like as an example, so that's an interesting thing. I just know. watched the first few episodes of. Um, I think it was five episodes accidentally of, of uh, Shira, the new uh, oh, DreamWorks yeah. networks. I was gonna bring that Netflix up. I just one. watched that too, like the first <laughs> five episodes. And four or five who's episodes. the? It's um Noelle Stevenson, I think. Yeah. I she she did uh, exactly. Nimona and um, Lumberjanes. Yeah. Okay. And I know her then. Yeah. If you look at it, it the design still, still looks like a cartoon, but like the character designs are very very her, mm. which is very nice. Mm-hmm. Which means you get like women that are like. Not stick figures. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a huge part of what I really like about. There's the like one male recurring re- character, and he is built <laughs> stereotypical. <laughs> well, it's great. Well, like it's funny though because you know, um, yeah, they turned the um, original like old man with a mustache into a young black kid too, which is cool. But yeah, we should probably Maybe jump into job. the fanfic at some point here. Or you just watch watch more Shira. <laughs> was it good? I want to watch more. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. I, I don't know about the the some. There's some flaws in the animation, but yeah, in general, like I, I feel like they didn't have a big animation budget. No, the, but they did a good job with the story. Yeah, the DreamWorks the Netflix design. team uh, animation has been. Um, they do very well with very little budget. Yeah, yeah, they, they've had some experience with them. It's not quite Voltron. Like DreamWorks is the, the. Uh, company that that owns that but i think it's studio mirror that's actually doing most of the writing and animation for that one i think this one is dreamworks studios oh okay yeah that that makes sense to me okay so draco dormians i I haven't seen (laughs) she-ra so like well why not i'm I'm too busy reading lots of fan fiction fiction. this was written after goblet of fire came out so you know voldemort was around um and i think we can jump into the content there's a couple other things related to the fanfic I might want to talk about, but we'll wait until they kind of come up organically, I think. So in the fanfic, the characters are 16. I guess they're in their sixth year. There's references to things that happened in their fifth year, but it's not the canon things that happened in their fifth year. Well, if it was after a goblet of fire, and this replaces Order of the Phoenix, then it'd be their fifth year. But it's apparently their sixth year, because Hermione's 16, and she's thinking... Or like, I, I guess oh, everyone's really? 16. And they're, she's thinking, like, oh, in our fifth year, like, this thing happened. Um, it seems to oh, have jumped forward a little yes, bit. Yes, I, I think you're right, because I think they kind of skipped forward in time to bring them into it. But I remember that... Probably the Harry's, author wants to be Harry's writing 16, romance with 16-year-olds, not 15-year-olds. Okay. I assume that's where it's coming from. 
I can see how that would be a turning point. Age probably. of consent in Japan. There you go. Yeah. That's what everyone operates yeah. off well, of. Well, in some places. <laughs> Japan's yeah. laws. I don't know. Um, and so the action starts off in potions class. Uh, they're they're practicing polyjuice potions, which I thought they covered in like their second year or now, third year already. No, they made one, but it was too advanced oh, for them. Oh, okay. So it makes sense that they would actually finally be covering it mm-hmm. in their sixth year. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, and like everyone's partnered up with someone mm-hmm. and to like polyjuice into each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think that's the verb. But <laughs> what it is can the, be the verb, verb then, Dom? Transform and roll out. <laughs> uh, yeah, for some reason, Snape who, you know, is doing his normal favoring Draco and being kind of shitty to Gryffindor's thing. He, he pairs up Harry and Draco anyway. I'm not sure what he was thinking. Uh, but they have to transform into well, each other. Snape has unclear motivations, but sometimes I feel like he just likes watching the drama unfold. <laughs> I would believe it. Yeah. I, I think he does, but normally Snape does that in favor of Slytherin against Gryffindor. Yeah. Not with Maybe Gryffindor it turned out that this was the last pairing and he hadn't fully thought it through but to be fair i feel like he really would have thought through who he put harry with because he's always kind of seems to me like it isn't harry the, but if it was in the mm. books then then that draco would have paired up with drake with crab or goyle probably mm. crab and or goyle right <laughs> um <laughs> up a weird crab goyle hybrid <laughs> so there's some fairly standard harry draco type banter where it's like Draco, you suck. And Draco's like, Harry, if you want to actually be a cool person, you should hang out with us, except I also don't like you. Which I think he stops saying by year two. By yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. He makes a reference. He's like, remember back what I told you on the train or whatever? Yeah. But I think it's just kind of to get us on the ground floor here. Uh, the thing is, when like the potions work as expected, they look like each other. But theirs don't wear off at the same time everybody else's are. Right, and, and it's funny because they don't even realize it at first. At first, but Draco notices, he's like, uh, we're not changing back, that's weird. And Harry's like, what did you do? And Draco's like, I, I didn't do anything, I do not want to look like you. <laughs> and Harry, in a, Harry being kind of, uh, what's the word? Agro? Irritable, yeah. and like sometimes jerky Agro. is normal. <laughs> but it's he goes a little bit more aggro than normal, and he's like, he... He gets really angry at Malfoy, assuming that Draco did something to do this. And when Draco just kind of laughs at him, he tries to deck Draco. And in the scuffle, Harry gets knocked out. Yeah, it was a bit more zero to violence than usual. It was. And I think it was intended to tie into, like, what we're going to be learning later about their situation. Mm -hmm. Um, But it it comes a little bit, it's a little bit surprising to everybody, including the reader at that time. Harry gets knocked out. And just for clarity, we're calling them Harrow. Harrow. Calling him Harrow. It's not a Dragon Ball fusion. We are not calling him Harrow. Darian Harrow? Darian Harrow. Which name comes first? Who's more in control of the fused form based on the name? I forget. Hmm. Vegito and uh, Gogeta. I forget which one, Hmm. what the implications are. We're calling them Harry and Draco. But remember from this point forward that Harry looks like Draco and Draco looks like Harry. Which is what the fanfic does also to keep it consistent. Yes, it does. And yes. that's how Which you should do it. Yes. yes. Extremely appreciated. Uh, but just take it as a given now that whenever we say Draco, Draco has a little scar on his forehead and astigmatism and black hair. Unruly hair. Yeah. Unruly hair. Does Harry like actually have astigmatism? Or? His uh, bad eyes. Bad eyes. Yeah. But Isn't that the same thing? What's astigmatism? 
and astigmatism never mind it's okay. just uh, it's <laughs> something eyesight. that can happen to your eye but it's not the same as having like bad eyesight i don't think i'm yeah, sorry mind. yeah i think one's out of focus and astigmatism is like there's a thing on your and eye. astigmatism oh. is something that like causes problems in one of your eyes and it's rare to have it in both of your eyes and that's why people with an astigmatism have like better vision in one eye than the other <laughs> all right end of story um terry gets carted off to the infirmary because he's unconscious and ev- but everyone saw Harry throw the first blow, so nobody's angry at Draco for doing this. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they're like, Harry, are you okay to Draco? Draco's like, yeah, I'm fine. Yes. And I'm Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> he, yeah. kind, he kind Which of... was actually an interesting move. Like, I don't really know why he did that. Like, I get... He's not sure why he did it at first either. Yes, you can kind of true. see that, like... Like, he just kind of suddenly decides to go with it. But... Without having know, planned it there's out. There's something funny about this where there's, like, moments where I'm like, just tell someone. But they're not as many as I thought they would be. Like, the first time, it was a little bit like that. But then I also sort of, like, put myself in their position. And the author did a good job of explaining the position where it just feels shocking and uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And you just don't know what to do. Yeah. They didn't rush through any op- uh, chances they had to talk to adults about it. They kind of... Yeah. Not exactly explained it away, but kind they of... They glossed it. Glossed it, yeah. yeah. Clearly not an option to talk to adults about these things. Oh, never. It's very you know, <laughs> Yeah, one would think that you would. But I do think the author did a good job of not making us question too much the reason that... That they didn't, you it, know? Well, they had um, Harry and Draco's body knocked out at first. It's right. easier to believe that Draco and Harry's body would right. use it to try to take advantage of something. Yes. Yeah. And they actually of what go they, on they weren't to explain sure, <laughs> that later, that yeah. he thought there was an advantage in it. But that doesn't come till the end. At, but then, yeah, Harry is knocked out. So that, right. you know, relinquishes any ability he has to say. Yeah, as, as someone who plays Dungeons and Dragons, if you suddenly find yourself in the place of a different character, you take advantage of all the hell before it right. spell breaks. I mean, it's it's kind of a survival mechanism that might kick in, especially for Draco, as we are revealed in the story. You know, and I think implied in the books comes from kind of an abusive background. Yeah, I think yeah absolutely. He's maybe eager to be someone else, but also, yeah, knowing how to take advantage of a situation and not play his hand right away. And also one of the first things that happens is that people are nicer to Draco. Yeah, they treat right. better. It's one of the things that happens immediately. That's so of, I can see how someone would respond to that. That's one of the questions. It's like, in this fic, even the the adults talk shitty about Draco. I don't think it was that blatant in the stories, no, right? Oh, I don't know, because I only read the first and seventh <laughs> but I watched the movies. What well, adults are we talking about like here? Well, like the uh, Madame Prom- Palmfrey talks. Oh yeah, she's about. like yeah. Draco. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> she seems to talk shit uh, about everybody though. She seems kind of crabby. But yeah, but usually it's like she, children no, in general, nice, not like yeah. Yeah, yeah but she was crabby in the story. No, she was actually pretty nice. Hmm. I don't know. She was kind of. I mean, she's like upset people got hurt, but that's yeah. Not, but no, I but call she kept crabby. like ushering people out of her infirmary, like. Get out. Well, because they were bothering her. In this well, story, I know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In this story, yes. Yeah, in this story, yes. Okay. But I, so, I think, like, in the base material, that the adults are above this kid bullshit and don't care that much about <laughs> it. Yes, and that's kind of funny, too, because it seems like the kid bullshit is the crux of all of the, like, major dramatic issues of the tale. Yeah. And speaking of kid bullshit, Draco is spending most of his time with Hermione. And if you think of Hermione, what is the main character beat that defines her in your mind? Intelligent. Uh, being in love with Harry. That was wrong, Tom. Oh. Uh, what? The, the answer is being in love with Harry. According I was going to gonna say that she's a nerd. Just, just don't take points away from, from Hufflepuff. <laughs> We're, I wouldn't. We're all in Hufflepuff here. <laughs> no, the, yeah, but that's a thing. Know. It's like, yeah, Hermione's smart in this fanfic, but way... 
her being in love with Harry is a big deal in this fan. The biggest deal. The yeah. biggest deal. And like, it was never a deal like that in the source. It wasn't a thing in the source. No. No. Like, she was, she obviously got with Ron, right? According to the movies or whatever. Epilogue. Your view on the series is odd. (laughs) I didn't read all the books, y'all. Yeah, yeah, she ends up with Ron. But if you read the seventh one, that's pretty much all the major canon. Hermione, Ron stuff. There's some hints in like the other books, but they're right. more subtle and not I, the point I of the books. I did like how the author dealt with that though. That Hermione and Ron had had a few kisses, but Ron was too awkward, and yeah, therefore Hermione like, couldn't stay with him. Right. I was like, okay, that's because that the sounds author very also like said they hadn't read the the other books hadn't come out yet, right. so that like totally makes sense. And so in the context in the continuity of this fan fiction, Hermione. Uh, confessed to Harry in their fifth year and was turned down. And so she's still kind of harboring a torch. So that was last year then? Yeah, last year. Yeah. Okay. She's still kind it's of, she's time. still very much holding a torch. That age, I guess. Um, and so Draco, who does not know this, Draco's just kind of like bumping around being Harry. Um, he kind of acts really cruel to Cho for no yeah. good reason when she like so comes along and like tanks Harry's Draco chances with her. Yeah. yeah. Cho- I think he was doing that deliberately because oh, sure. he hates Harry. Yeah, I think he was. He's like, right. girl's yeah. interested in Harry, I'm gonna... And like, Cho's less than a character in this. Oh, uh, yeah. Not, we're not gonna delve into that scene. Yeah, she's yeah. not a character. <laughs> she's not even really in character. Um, and, but he also pretty quickly starts kind of getting interested in Hermione and, um, there's some reasons that they try to justify for Draco acting a lot nicer in this fanfic. We discover pretty early on that he and Harry are kind of mentally linked. Like, he can kind of sense yes. what's going on with Harry. Like, that Harry's still unconscious in the infirmary at this point. Which is sort of a plotline that happened in, like, the sixth book. Uh-huh. But it, it also comes out later on that, like, maybe they're kind of mentally influencing each other. And, like, one reason yes. that Draco's kind of being no. less of a bastard is because of, like, Harry's mental influence. Which is but, interesting because Polyjuice Potion doesn't imply any sort of that, just taking on someone else's appearance. But No, well, and, it and it's only at the very, very end that they kind of throw out an explanation mm-hmm. for any of that. Mm-hmm. But even so, I felt it weird that, like, at no point in this fanfic does Draco say anything bigoted about mudbloods, does he? No. And, like, being um, being a horrible bigot is kind of a defining character trait of yes. Draco Malfoy. Yeah. I feel and like so he... it's kind of weird. I do feel like he does say things, but then he... Like, Definitely I, does not, no. He does not at all? Not at all. I mean, okay. It would have been sometime like he before he transformed. He, he would have said one thing once, but then he kind of rescinded it. But yeah, he doesn't seem to carry that bigotry at all towards Hermione. No. It's just Obviously, waved off. Well, just, at, at all in the he, fanfic. Yeah. yeah, and then Harry is also acting like... Well, we'll come upon that. Yeah, Harry we will. Harry acts differently because as well, but it, it, none of it's super explained. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah they kind of sort of try. The point is, at the moment, Draco is somehow free of his wizard racism and is kind of getting interested in Hermione. And he's like, he doesn't have any specific plans. To, she ends up finding out. She's like, eventually she's like, wait, you are not Harry because you are not acting in the slightest bit like I expect Harry to. It was also like mm-hmm. interested in Hermione, like zero to love. All yeah, the time. pretty mm-hmm. quickly. Yeah. And that's also somewhat chalked up to like, oh, Harry's secretly in love with Hermione and that might have been an and influence, then, yeah. maybe. He like ambushes her, right? And kisses her? Yeah, he point. does at one point. Yeah. Um, was that... Oh, that was... Yeah, at this point in the fanfic. There was yeah. an early one, yeah. <laughs> right, and that's that's kind of, like, what cinches the deal for her to realize that, like, he's not actually Harry. But they don't really have time to deal with this properly because, meanwhile, in Harry news, Harry woke up and, you know, met him, 
What's Palm her name? Free. Palm Free is like, okay, oh, hey, Draco, you're up. And he's like, I'm not Draco Malfoy. I'm not Draco Malfoy. And she's like, oh, you're super crazy. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's put you back to sleep. Um, right, this and is then a she, magical world where weird stuff happens. Let's not consider that at all. No, not in the slightest. Accidented with Polyjuice Potion uh, in class. Yeah. Okay, what she does do is call his parents. And so Harry gets taken back to Malfoy Manor. Now, one thing I would like to mention is does Harry at any point say, he, I don't think, I think what happens is that he doesn't mention he's Harry Potter, right? No, does he, he just men- says he's, he not, Draco he's not Draco Malfoy. Yeah. So because he was hit so hard in the head, I think they're chalking it up to a severe head injury. That is supposed to be the case, but that, in Wizard World, that's it the seems interesting kinda... explanation. Right. Well, it's you know if you know I work in schools, uh-huh. and if I had a student wake up from a head injury and be like, "I'm not myself," I think I'd do a lot more than just call their parents. Like mm. that doesn't seem normal. Like maybe it was. But, Maybe it was Friday, right. and Madame, Madame Pomfrey just wanted to go home. I, I, I feel guess like it, so. I yeah. feel like there was some element of Madame Pomfrey not really wanting to deal with it, it and also knowing that, that like, like I would have like been like nine one one. My student has amnesia. Like what the fuck? <laughs> it was kind of implied that Pomfrey didn't want to deal with Malfoy. At yeah, all. yeah. But it, also, magic is also a part of this world, so I think I would also consider the magical solution. But she does not. It's sort of waved aside. Yeah, he yeah. gets sent back home to recuperate for a day or two. Yes, that's so, dramatic. Yeah. And Malfoy. Because when you have a traumatic head injury and you forget who you are, lying down for a couple of days will obviously fix that. Yeah, lots of sleep. <laughs> yeah, sleep a lot. That'll yeah. be fine. You got hit in the head, go to sleep for two days, and you'll be totally fine. Perfect. Yeah. Good advice. Don't take that advice, listeners. <laughs> we are a fan fiction review podcast, not a medical podcast. Damn it. If you have a traumatic head injury, please don't go to sleep. I'm sorry but, for implying you should. But, but do keep listening and downloading our podcast. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Even if it's the result of your traumatic head injury. We, we Especially need the, if it's the result of your traumatic head injury. We oh need, need those numbers. <laughs> um, so Malfoy, because of this mental connection that he kind of has with Harry, is like, holy shit, Harry's getting taken back to my house. That's really yeah. bad. Yeah, because they have, like, a mental connection. Because it, it's bad for the obvious reasons. His parents, yes. that his parent at least, that Lucius Malfoy is a prominent Death Eater, and if he finds out that Harry Potter's in his house, then Harry Potter will die. Yes. And Draco, he doesn't have the moment, he doesn't have a moment in this fanfic considering, well, maybe I should just let that happen. Like, he kind of goes straight to gotta save him. And... I thought that was a little odd too. You'd think there would have been that character beat of like making the decision actively. I, I, I forgot that because like in my head, I rationalizes as, Oh, Drake wanted want to get his body back. It was like, no, it's not even his body. It's, no, it's not transformed. Right. So you just let it go and then like de-transform later and be all good. Yeah. yeah it is yes. very specifically not a body swap. It is an enchantment on their own bodies. Right? Yes. Even yeah. though it's set up just like a body swap romance, like out of one of my Japanese animes. Yes. But, you know, it becomes very clear that it's not, you know, it's just their body transformed when blood becomes a part of it, so. Mm-hmm. And so Malfoy and Hermione, like like I said, not really having time to settle into the whole, like, are we attracted to each other? And also you're pretending to be Harry and that was kind of shitty. Like, they have yes. to jump right into rescue mode. Mm. Um, you know, grab some supplies and take off for a Malfoy manner. Hermione's intending to drag Draco along anyway, but, like, he kind of volunteers to go. And and he yeah. needs to be along because there's wards protecting yeah. the house from detection and, you know, magical wards, like, they would probably kill you if you tried to go in right. without knowing about him. And that was kind of a, a funny and um, a little bit charming interaction, okay. too, where Draco was like, 
something like, don't think about leaving me behind. I'm obviously going to come, blah, 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 like giving a whole speech to Armani. And she's like, yeah, like I was going to let you stay behind. Right. Like, I, was, I was going to threaten you. I was going <laughs> to threaten you, you and me. force you to come. Yeah. If you were not going to already. Now, the funniest part of this is that they leave a, Armani leaves a note for Ron. Uh-huh. And just being like, hey, we had to go to Draco Manor to save Harry. Some nonsense. <laughs> she doesn't mention the polyjuice potion or any nope. of the weird stuff. She's like, we have to go save Harry. Okay, bye. Yeah, most of this fanfic tries to write out Ron as much as possible. Yeah, it pretty seems much. Like Which that. is a shame yeah. because I feel like when Ron and also Fred and George um, like are on screen, they're written really really well. Like, I, yeah. can, I can hear their voice very well when they are talking. I feel like Ron... They just don't have Actually, I feel like the attention to Ron could have been a little better. But again, I didn't read a lot of the books. Well, so most of the books are Harry, Ron, and Hermione. Mm-hmm. Yeah, They just removed one of the main characters completely. Yes. Uh, well, I felt it was weird. Like, I mean, I've seen the movies multiple times, and I read the first and seventh book. I'm not saying that makes me an expert, because most <laughs> people have read more than that. Okay, I get that. But Ron didn't have a lot of voice or personality in this, so I felt like that was... Yeah, there's more odd. presence in the books. Yeah, yeah exactly. Anyway. Um, so, um, yeah. So Hermione and about, Draco run off to rescue Harry. And or, let's talk about Draco's general characterization for a moment at about yeah. this time, because he is very much a sardonic anti-hero. Yes. In, yes. This, yeah. in this fanfic. No, yes. no, no. In the original stories, he is a... Dick. A no, dick. Just a He's brat. just a shitty yeah. person. Just a racist dick. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Racist dick boy. Yeah. Um, and yet, people still loved him. Like, I want to point this out. Like, this author plays into so many things that most fiction does, which is sympathizing with Draco. Well, this... And yet... Not yes. doing it to the extent that most fanfiction authors do. Like, this is, this is interesting. pretty much right? a, a Draco redemption fic. And yes. this is one of the foundational and they, ones. They, the, oh, they sorry, make it on. a reason for Draco to redeem himself, so that he's feeling Harry's energy. Right. And that is causing him to understand and be more sympathetic. And like, I know that is more than some Draco redemption fics do. Like, yeah, because there's really, like, I've seen so much, like, I saw so much more... Draco fan art and fan fiction than I ever saw of actual Draco. And when I saw actual Draco, I was like, this, why do people like this kid? Because he's supposed to be somehow attractive. Like, what, what made people latch onto this character? I could never understand. I don't understand. But this author makes almost an understandable iteration of Draco. Like, and anyway. uh, Tori, did you hear the phrase Jake, Draco in leather pants as reference to that portrayal of Draco? I've heard you say that. Okay. Yeah, okay. I've heard you say that. Yeah. Okay, Draco in Leather Pants or Leather Pants Draco is a shorthand for that sort of, like, bad boy anti-hero Draco. Yeah, but he's and not it comes, that person. It comes like, from this series so of fanfics. Clearly not. This is the first in three in a Draco trilogy. Mm-hmm. And, like, after this first fanfic, apparently, my understanding is that people were commenting on the author's portrayal of Draco as, like, a, you know, kind of sardonic anti-hero. And she was like, yep, we just need to dress him in leather and we'll be all set. <laughs> And people latched onto that and were like, do it, do it. And so in the second book, she has a scene where Draco is trying on leather clothing as a joke about what she is doing with the character of making him into that. But it became like kind of a shorthand symbol of that kind of characterization of Draco. So basically they're just trying to turn Draco into Spike. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Because if you really look at Spike and like I, yeah, I have a torn (laughs) history with that character. Like... (laughs) Thinking that he was an attractive character before I'd processed everything traumatic that had happened to me and then realizing that, you know, that's not attractive. It's something to realize. 
maybe that's the reason people latch onto Dracos because they are also trauma victims who haven't processed the faults of their abusers. I have no idea, but it seems weird. Well, all I can say is from everything I've seen, the author knew what she was doing and she was not taking herself very seriously. She was like, she wasn't saying this is how you should read Draco. It was just kind of a, yeah, like totally. what she wanted to do with him in this fanfic. Hmm. Um, and it wasn't even that great. It wasn't even like making him good, you know. But it's making reason, him pretty it's making okay. Making him more decent, yeah, yeah, but not great. Like, still not likable to but me. They did drop the racism completely. Yeah, yes, yeah. With but no that comment. doesn't make him likable. I'm sorry. Like, it helps. <laughs> just because he's not a racist doesn't mean he's likable. It doesn't make him likable. Obviously, it helps. It doesn't make him likable, but it is first on the list of making him likable. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like the first thing you have to it's do before you can you accept him as a protagonist. Yeah. Obviously, but there's still a lot more. It's strange. Also, there was no house elves in this. I was going to say, it seemed like... I, I thought that was weird. So Harry opens... <laughs> Harry wakes up in Draco Manor, and Lucius... Oh, right. L- Lucius yeah. is like, do you remember who you are now, boy? And Harry's like, ah, they uh, think I'm Draco. Better play along. He honestly does not play along very well. No, he's ha- terrible at it. He's, he's terrible at it. Half the time, he's just, like, being really sarcastic about how evil everyone is, and they just kind of shrug it off. He's like, oh, yeah, people ask him how how things are going at um, at Hogwarts. And he's like, oh, oh, fine. Me and the Slytherins, we kicked some puppies and, you know, <laughs> uh, hung out in the dungeons talking about how much we hate love oh my God. or whatever. What, isn't it? And yeah. it was like, yeah, that, that's great. That's great, Draco. And they just like, they aren't even really listening to him. literally dismiss everything that's like totally ironic well, that he says. N- it's <laughs> not, not even dismissing, just not hearing. Right. Just yeah. not hearing. I guess no one is used to paying any actual attention to Draco, which is, you know, Telling. Yeah, it's fortunate telling. for Harry. Yeah, it is, because, yeah, he, it would never pass otherwise. He says a lot of sarcastic things that could really get him in trouble. Yeah, it, Harry's terrible at improv. You need to do a lot more yes yeah, and yeah. <laughs> And less wild. Um, it was funny. Oh, God. <laughs> it was just funny, like, later on, he says something about, like, He's just rambling. He's like, we tried to raise... Like, we found a basilisk egg, and we tried to raise it from a baby. And then someone actually does take interest in what he said, uh-huh. and is like, oh, how did that work out? And he's like, uh, uh, d- well, we, uh, we killed it, or something like that. <laughs> it was, like, it was really funny. It's kind of entertaining. Yeah. Lucky, lucky for him, Dom, you said there's no house elves, which is odd. Now, I thought that, too, because there's a ghost who's, like, a, a manservant. But they mentioned, like, at the beginning, like, Harry wakes up looking at Malfoy's house elf manicured hands. Oh, so, like, they just don't ever appear on screen, huh? They have just kind of an oversight, I think. Hmm. Just a forgotten detail, I think. Yeah. Which is what happens when you lose the wizard racism. Yeah. 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 Also established early after Harry waking up. To not have Harry put in a situation where he had to portray that racism and not have Draco portray that racism, Mm. I think. Anyway. Which probably right. would have been a more interesting story, I think. Well, yeah. But yeah. they're trying really hard to make Draco sympathetic. And to make Draco into the actual person well, that he they, is would make him a lot less sympathetic. They had to leave more time in so Hermione could kiss more people. Yeah. <laughs> All the people. Uh, a few things are established early on. Uh, Lucius does not think much of Draco. There is some Death Eaters visiting, and they say, hey, we caught Sirius Black. We're going to bring him here. And there's like... And then Voldemort's going to be visiting later, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, like, a whole plan. And that's kind of an incentive for Harry not to just, like, run away and try to get out of there. Is that, yeah. like, he needs to stick around to be able to save Sirius. Which is, that's good. That's a very Harry Potter-like development. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Um, and we also see our first scenes with Draco's mother... Narcissa. Narcissa. 
And this portrayal of Narcissa, at first she oh, seems... It's fraught. Um, how do we approach this? Should we just like say what the situation is? In the books and so, in the movies, she just appears very kind of quiet and browbeaten, maybe. Right. Yes. And she does so in the spoon fiction as well. But the spoon fiction, I think, very reasonably offers an explanation, but it develops over time. And they start by saying, you know, just Narcissa seems concerned about her son, mm-hmm. and she seems fearful of Lucius. Yes. And, and Lucius is introduce the not particularly concerned about his son, except in as much as he is an embarrassment or not an embarrassment. Um, so, back over to Hermione and Draco. Yeah, a lot of stuff happens in the fanfic, and we're going to have to just breeze through it and not go to the whole blow-by-blow. You might want to actually read it because it's pretty enjoyable, and in some scenes yeah. feels very Harry Potter. Yeah, there's a lot it of does people feel very Harry Potter. Like like when there's kind of a house party of Death Eaters, and when that was one of the scenes we were talking about with Harry, like trying to pretend, it felt very Harry Potter to me in that moment, where it's like the adults, these Death Eaters who think they're like supposed to be all important because they're being like Ku Klux Klan, but like they're all just kind of like pathetic people hanging out with each other awkwardly mm-hmm. like and meanwhile harry like has to be disguised and is yeah. um, it felt very harry potter for some reason the writing there the main action is that hermione and draco um you know have to bust in they there's a lot of pretending to be other people so like hermione ends up having to pretend to be like uh harry draco's girlfriend harry's girlfriend who's draco um they get exposed, they get thrown into the dungeons, they save Sirius, and they end up busting out. And we miss all of the kissing. Well, uh, let's back up and talk about the kissing, <laughs> is what I wanted to do. <laughs> like, it, it, in the process of all this kind of like Harry Potter action, the main back and forth of the fanfic is this love triangle that develops. Yes. And Tori, it sounds like you really want to talk about it. <laughs> oh yeah, I do. So um, what I want to say is that I feel like all of the writing that was action-oriented and story-oriented was quite beautiful and like it was at, very harry potter and it was very good and like a day-to-day ambiance sort of thing yeah it was pretty nice good descriptions like they came with a lot of interesting spells and like background, enchantments and charms background ca- characters quipped like harry potter characters do yes Th- it there's was very harry there's potter. some asides that made me laugh at that we're like at right. one point later in the fanfic where draco is kind of navigating the traps around the malfoy manor and he's like oh yeah that's right my father had a bottomless pit put in or is it an endless chasm no, I'm pretty sure it was a bottomless pit. Yeah, and then um, I remember because when my phone reads to me, it picks on certain sentences to resume, and for it got stuck on one sentence. Like, it was displaying. It was my resume sentence, which was, trust your family to have a bottomless pit, which was oh, yeah. like a quip that I think Hermione or Harry made. Trust your family to have a bottomless and pit. And it's just like, of house. course, in the Harry Potter universe, there's a distinction between various types of enchantments yes. for a pit that goes down forever, right? Of great. course there is. And they did a, the author did a great job with that. It's a very D&D thing also. Yeah. And <laughs> they added in this extra component, which was a love triangle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of teen kissing. For instance, the first time it happened, Hermione and Draco, Draco looking like Harry at this point in time, kiss in a wardrobe in which they are attempting to hide from Lucius in. That's actually the second time. Yeah, because Draco oh. kissed her in a I'm unacceptable, like, assaulty way earlier on. In a I think yeah. I blocked that out, because that's messed up. <laughs> yes. But this time, they had a consensual kiss. The first consensual kiss, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It was more of a consensual make-out session. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, unclear. It seemed more like just kissing whatever you call making out. Yeah, they're trapped in a closet yeah. in close they, proximity they for a They touch a little, time. yeah. 
They drink a lot of butter beer. What happened is they drink a lot of butter beer, which isn't very alcoholic, the author clarifies, but because they're teenagers and they drink like four of them each. They're on empty stomach. Yeah. They're like stuck in a closet and all they have is butter beer. Is that it? It's like butter beer and pickles and like (laughs) peanut butter or something. Yeah. So they just decide to drink butter beer, which, I don't know. That's probably what I would do. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And Hermione's like, oh man, he smells like Draco. Like she has a sense of what Draco's supposed to smell like. And yeah, I guess scent is the strongest sense associated with memory. So she gets that and she smells him and she has this sweaty, sticky moment with him. And I just, (laughs) man, I could not gel with the makeup descriptions in this. And it's not because they weren't like accurate per se. It's just that they were such like, Maybe they were too accurate to, like, the awkward sweatiness of a teen makeup. (laughs) And, like, how you just, like, smell someone. You're like, yeah, that's the smell of this hot, sexy, like, unique person that I'm with right now. Because it's all so exciting. Once you've done that, like, a hundred times, it's not that exciting. But it is for them. Because it's new. (laughs) But But they do some awkward descriptions, more smell stuff later. Mm -hmm. When they come out of the closet, they describe Hermione as being sticky from the butterbeer and kissing. Yeah, which is I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'm drinking butterbeer right. (laughs) I'm not sure I'm kissing right. (laughs) And uh, obviously it's the kind of love triangle where Harry opens the closet while they are still Mm. in the process of this. And then he's all upset about Hermione at Hermione and Hermione's like, well, you turned me down. You have no right to be upset. And then it's like, You turned me down a year ago. (laughs) Yeah. But he's like, oh, but I just turned you down because I was being a shitty teen. I, I don't know. What was his even explanation? It, that was I pretty don't even much think it. he said anything. Did he say it at that point? No, at even? that point, he ignored Hermione and talked only to Draco. Mm-hmm. Because he was being a little shit. Like, oh, and Draco spends Dumbass the rest of the fanfic boy. being like, hey, want to make out to Hermione? I have to say, I, I did not like the characterization of Harry in this fic at all. Like, I don't really remember Harry as a character much from... The books and the movies, except I found him a little bit boring. But like in this, I he was think just they kind of captured. I think he they captured like Harry's low key shittiness. Yeah, but he's also supposed asshole. to be no, more. He, he was much, much more shitty in this than usual. He, he was just, a like literally nothing was likable in Harry's character. In this. But it's like this is. And at first, they talked it up to him channeling Draco, but right, being influenced by Draco in the same way anymore after a while. But this is like Harry's worst low key shittiness mm. uh, yeah. all time. Times eleven. All yeah, the time. I guess yeah. So. yeah. It was a lot. I was I didn't understand like there was nothing likable with the Harry character in this entire story. There was more that was likable about Draco because well, he was at least sympathetic. Because you're supposed to like Draco in this, <laughs> I guess. I mean, I didn't really like him, but I at least felt some sympathy for his situation because he's clearly being abused. Whereas Harry is just like an asshole, and there's no excuse. He is. It is supposed to be a mirror that, like, he's struggling with, like, anger control because of the influence of, you know, Draco's normal mind in him in the same way that Draco is finding it easier to be a good person yes. because of Harry's influence. And, however. Yeah, however. I know. You can't, you can't just bank no. on that instead of well, no. normal characterization. No, they, they, they debunk it later. Oh, do yes. they also? Yeah. That's my main point is that later on when the charm eventually wears off, which we will get to, they could both continue to act in the same ways. They do, yeah. So, mm. Anyway. But they, but they mentioned later it was something of a, like a placebo effect, too. Yeah. Where they both assumed that's how they were supposed to be acting. That kind of makes sense. It, it all becomes kind of convoluted in the sense of, like, why they were acting the way they were. Because they implied they were acting differently. But throughout this entire fan fiction, neither of them changed their behavior very much. 
Yeah. So it's very hard to see in the scope of this fanfic how their behavior, like, you know, has changed or will change, etc. Like, maybe we're supposed to look back on the, the Harry Potter books as a reference, but well, it's hard to see that. Also, the, I didn't get a lot of sense of um, growth in this fanfic. Like, uh-huh. as soon as the spell is dispelled by Voldemort, that's what happens in the next major beat, I think. <laughs> they And they fix the problem, <laughs> which isn't, like, the point of the fanfic. They just fix a problem, Voldemort goes away. They immediately go back to treating Draco like shit. Like, yeah, at no right. time flat. Both of them, Harry and, and Hermione. It felt very right. strange. I think maybe we should, like, expound on the actual plot of the fic, but it definitely felt very strange when things changed again and the characters still had a conflict. It felt like a different story, almost. Well, there's too many conflicts, I think. There's a lot of conflicts. Major conflicts. So there's a lot of um, disguising and sneaking action, and in the end, the Death Eaters catch Draco, and, you know, Voldemort's showing up soon anyway, and so they're like, Voldemort, Voldemort gets to show up, and and Lucius is like, we caught Harry Potter for you! And, um... (laughs) Voldemort spends a moment gloating, being like, does my presence cause you pain? And Draco's mm-hmm. like, yeah, totally. And Voldemort's mm-hmm. like, this is not very hard. <laughs> and, and so he turns, he dispels the curse. Yeah. He's like, you're all totally incompetent. I hate you all. Lucius is mm-hmm. like, are you sure? And Voldemort's like, oh, come on. <laughs> um, we have magic scar connection. Yeah, I I know if this is Harry. This is not, not Harry, no. No, not Harry. Um, and... And... Uh, I guess we should talk about Lucius for a moment. Yeah. Lucius is the goddamn worst. And I'm not talking even about the, like, child abuse. I'm talking about the sexual assault of Hermione when he thinks that Draco, that she is, like, his son's boy, a girlfriend. Yeah. Sexual assault of anyone. But, like, I was giving context about when that happened. Well, it's, yeah, it's that and his, yeah. And the whole thing with Narcissa. Narcissa. In talking with Sirius, they find out, like, so why Narcissa marry Lucius? And Sirius like, I have no idea. She, She was, like, a... A decent person back in school, and like we were actually kind of close. And then she just married Lucius, and no one could figure it out. And um, Hermione's like, "Well, it couldn't have been like one of those control curses, whatever they're called, because yeah, if you keep using those curse. for a long time, like it drives people crazy, and like it's nice. obvious that that was the case." And what Lucius did was he mind controlled her into the marriage and child, like basically through like childbirth. First, like the first few years. First few years, yes. then made a charm with Draco's life force or linked to Draco's life force around his neck so he could murder her son at any time and use that. It's, like, the worst. Yeah. And the, so. the fanfic doesn't treat it lightly, but it also mm. doesn't dwell on it. I feel like, yeah, this fanfic, it was interesting. There was a part in which, like, for me, you know, looking at it, the fact that it didn't dwell on it made it more manageable yeah. for me as a piece of media that I didn't have to linger on the thought for more than I wanted to. But to present the thought and not linger on it also seems disrespectful. I don't think it should have ever been presented because there are two things that happen, two instances in this fan fiction. Uh, first, Lucius tries to assault Hermione. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Draco saves her because he's under an invisibility cloak and he's able to throw objects and that, you know, hurts and frightens Lucius away from assaulting Hermione, who is a 16-year-old girl. Um, And apparently this is a common thread for him. (laughs) And I feel like the author did this to illustrate what a bad guy Lucius really is. But it even goes further with Narcissa. He has been assaulting her 
you know, physically, sexually, emotionally, for the entirety of their marriage, and that must be, you know, at least 16 years, yep. according to Draco's lifespan. So yeah, the first couple of years, he used a curse to con- mind control her into marrying him, and then had a charm made so that he could threaten her with the death of her child. So this is so much, and the author not dwelling on how much that is, to me, almost feels disrespectful. I can kind of appreciate the characters not dwelling on it because it's not the most immediate problem, danger that they're facing at the moment. Agreed. And they do follow through on it, at least. They do. Agreed. They they, they do keep it in mind. Yeah. Agreed. And on all those fronts, and agreed on the fact that I don't actually want the author to dwell on this because I don't want to relive my personal trauma in that sense. But dang, that is sure a thing to introduce in your fanfic. To put that in there. To put that in there, it's like... I have, like, to me, I want to ask the author, like, what have you gone through in your life to think that this is something that's reasonable, like, put out in the world? Like, what is your experience? Like, maybe this portrays an element of the author's experience, and maybe they are also a survivor and have similar experiences of abuse and violence, and they're trying to rectify those. I'm way more understanding in that case, but if this is just a plot device, then that feels hurtful to me mm. to take it and make it trivial. I was wondering but about I'm that too. I'm not saying from like a, that it's either one or the other. From I like just a, don't know. A story structure point of view that doesn't really accomplish a lot. Right, it, exactly. Like it's there and it's a threat that they're aware yes. of. Yes. And then they resolve it when they when they resolve the Lucius threat altogether. It, it, mm-hmm. Well, it does come back and serve a purpose at the very end, which we'll get to um, but in this, well, oh, I, I, I guess, I guess we may as well could talk about serve it. the same amount is um, what I mean. You were right. They didn't have to do it that way. And also, just for, you know, obviously when you say, like, you want to ask the author this stuff, it was also 18 years ago that she wrote it. And, like, she could very well have a very different attitude towards, like... I I mean, I agree. I'm not criticizing author in this. My main point is that authors put this stuff in here Mm. unnecessarily a lot. Sometimes it's to process their own trauma, and, like, and that I'm more forgiving. But when it's more to create... a a sense of shock mm. then I'm less forgiving and that, and that's all I'm saying like because like they'd already established that Lucius was a bad person they oh right really yeah. absolutely he's, more. A, he's obviously like uh like you said the assault of Hermione is like a puppy kicking moment on top of everything else it's just nope he's a piece of shit yeah I mean like, that, that was here. even too much you yeah. know there's you can just <laughs> like to me you can leave sexual assault out of media and all media will be fine it's like did unless they, Processing that as a specific part of what you're trying to do. It was like, to did they need the Malfoy charmer to justify the continued control over Narcissa, mm-hmm. not just like not just being in an abusive relationship where Narcissa right. can't break themselves out of it? Well, here's where it does yeah. come back in, and I kind of like. I'm just gonna jump ahead. By the yeah. end of the fanfic, it has all shaken out such that they all escape. They've knocked out Lucius Malfoy, or like they've tied, haven't tied up. Several they've, more they, kisses they, happen. They, they, they've escaped. Yeah. They've escaped with Ron. Um, yeah, several more cases happen. Uh, Ron and Fred and George come and pick them up in the car, and so that's like kind of how they're getting out of there. And they, you know, the Aurors show up. The flying and, car. And and they yeah. the flying car, right? Yeah. In yeah. the car, in the flying. Car. <laughs> they, the or- they didn't just Uber home. <laughs> oh, it was a new flying car too. Can can we address that? Convertible. They got yeah. convertible. Yeah. yeah, which is very convenient. Yeah. The Aurors show up, or Aurors? Is that how you say it? Aurors. Aurors. Yeah. Aurors. Um, including Mad Eye, and they're like. Oh, they don't show up. They they take Lucia's body to the Ministry okay, of they Magic. Take, they take the Ministry of Magic. And the Aurors are like, they're like, hey, this guy's a, a tor- horrible, horrible, horrible Death Eater. I'm <laughs> yeah. having trouble talking. 
horrible Death Eater. And he's like, great, so who do we have as, like, good witnesses? And like, Harry yeah. Potter. And the orders are like, uh, Harry Potter always ends up in, like, really questionable yeah. stuff. And your word doesn't count for a whole much. And they're like, uh, these Weasleys. And they're like, you have a grudge against that family. Everybody because, knows that. <laughs> and everybody yeah. knows that because, like, he made your dad lose his job. Yeah. Yeah. And Narcissa shows up and is like, I can speak about it and show you where all the bodies are buried and like all the incriminating evidence yeah. at the, and the house. You, you give your free reign to the house and oh, by the way, here's all the important business documents. Mm-hmm. And they're like, here's a yeah. tax return. Right, exactly. <laughs> and, or they're like, oh, yeah, that'll do. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's got it. Yeah. Because right. they drop it off and it's like, yeah, we know he's bad. We, we didn't arrest him because we couldn't. We didn't have evidence, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We didn't have like hard evidence. And as a rich person, they need extremely smoking guns yeah. in order to like pin anything yeah. on him. It's like you can't just Batman and leave him tied up in the steps of the of the police. No, of course not. He's yeah. rich. <laughs> uh-huh. And it's true to life. And so like And, and that, like th- this curse is also one of the things where like if they have it and they prove it then he's definitely getting the max sentence possible. Yeah. yeah. And so th- that's the way in which that plot this thread ties in curse. to resolving the whole situation um is establishing everything leading up to Narcissa there. Yeah. Um Anything else in the blow-by-blow? Blow? There's this whole subplot with, like, a magic arm that I don't really care about. I mean, there's fun oh, yes. There's fun danger and intense, magic actually. things that happen, but, like, we don't necessarily have to go through it. It's, yeah, it's, not it's fun, don't. it's enjoyable to read, and if you like to read it, then we go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I basically recommend the fanfic. It was fun to read. But it's apparently yes. not what we want to talk about. <laughs> well, a lot of it was the interpersonal relationships, I think, is what we all focused on, and yeah. I think there's a reason for that is that those, you know, the main plot of the fanfiction was written like I think Harry Potter is written, based on my experience. Mm-hmm. It's written well, it's written fluidly, like the main action flows. The interpersonal relationships were a little more tense and intense, you know? And so I think we all seized on those as like both points to praise and criticize. Like, like one of the major differences in the story structure is in the Harry Potter book, if you defeat Voldemort, then that's one chapter before the end. Mm-hmm. In this one, you defeat Voldemort, there's still half the fanfic mm-hmm. left to go. Where you defeat <laughs> yeah, the, the other bad guy. super surprising. And then after you defeat the other bad guy and turn him in, you go back to school for like a month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and dilly-dally around. That was it. the difference. Like that and the sweaty, smelly love kisses. And, and the sticky parts. Yeah. Yeah, so in that, the falling action... <laughs> In the falling action, there's a lot of, like, uh, teen emotion talk. What it comes down to is that Hermione knows that both Harry and Draco are interested in her and kind of has to uh, has to make a choice to date one of them or not oh, date either of them. Harry is not talking to her. Yeah, well, he's but mad. she knows. Yeah, okay. <laughs> he's yeah, but mad. my main point. He's, he's not talking like, to her while she's hanging out with Draco. And, and by the way, they figured out why the Apologies Porsche, uh, Potion uh, fucked up. Oh, the yeah. place. we it's, have to talk about that. We kind of do. So we that's have a to. Huge plot point. They don't talk about it much. <laughs> well, apparently there's a thing called a, as my phone said, maggot, <laughs> which I, I read, well, I should kept hearing as maggot. It's I was it, something maggot, and I was like maggot. Magid, they called maggots. M a g i d. M a g i d. Probably magic, like it's magic. Yeah, my phone was reading out loud. I kept hearing maggot. But as I was, I was like, reading uh, it, my mind autocorrected okay. to Madrid every time. <laughs> so they're both anyway, Madrids. Yeah, they're both magic. And those are basically super wizards, and their introduction seemed unnecessary. It's like, well, yeah. you're a stronger wizard. You don't necessarily need a well, wand. Sometimes you can just kind of magic things with your force of will. Actually, I think the thing that. I thought it was kind of like sweet when you kind of start 
to almost feel sympathy for Draco, even though you shouldn't. In this fan fiction, you can, because all of the, like, racism, in magical this, racism and, like, horribleness. Yeah, in this I don't know if I want to call it racism. I'm going to rescind that, because it's not this... Like, I understand that's a parallel for racism in this world, but I don't want to, like... Oh, yeah, I, I know what you mean. It's not real-world racism. I know, I know we've been... Uh, it's implied, basically more like, like social class, right? Yeah, I just want to put that, like, take that back a little bit, but, like... All of the, like, bigotry of mm-hmm. magic using and not magic using, which can imply a real-world racism, but we'll just, like, stick to this bigotry of magic users is taken away from Draco. He never really portrays that hardly so ever at all. So what were you saying about... He becomes very sympathetic. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, the funny thing is, is that, um, like, Dumbledore pulls them aside and is like, Harry, you're a magic, like a super wizard, right? Like a super powerful you're wizard. You're a super wizard, Harry. Draco's like, yeah, you're a super wizard, Harry. And Draco's like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And he's like complaining. And then he's, Dumbledore's like, and you are too, Draco. And Draco's like, ah. uh, But I'm probably not as good as like the super special Harry Potter. Yeah. Dumbledore's like, nope, you're stronger. No, yeah, and like, then no Draco, you're, like, you're like a double magic. Yeah, Draco like all of a sudden is able to use all of his powers and like, Impresses Hermione and like does all of this other stuff, and Harry's actually the one who's like, "Wow, I feel left behind." Yeah. So I th- thought that was an interesting role reversal to like make Harry more sympathetic to Draco. That Draco's all of a sudden the powerful one. Well, this whole thing was a r- role reversal to the fanfic. Well, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. But, but they kept it going. Even they after kept they it going. Back. Yeah. They kept it going like a very real way, you know, instead of a pretend way, like for real. They're back to their own bodies, and Drake was actually more powerful. It was interesting. In terms of teen drama comedy beats, I also like when, like, Hermione's spending time with Draco, kind of basically dating him, and her roommates interrogate her about it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they're, like, so, they're like, so so you're, you're, like, not into Harry? She's like, nope, like, Harry and I aren't even talking. And they're like, oh, great. Because, like, for the last five years, everyone's basically just kind of been <laughs> holding back on approaching Harry because it was pretty clear that he was into you, and we figured you had dibs. And she was like, wait, are you saying it's like open season on trying to date Harry Potter? And they're like, yep, basically. Yep. <laughs> and nothing comes of it. It's just like, then suddenly. Which is a couple of. Then Harry's surrounded by girls. Right. Basically it's a couple of happens. weird, like, assumptions is that, like, um, one, that they'd all be nice enough to honor this pact, which right. I, I guess that's nice. The other thing is, like, that Harry is that irresistible. <laughs> I, yeah. But I that know. was the thing that I didn't buy, that second thing. Like, the first no. thing is, like, yeah, if you're friends with someone, you probably don't date the person that you're they're interested yeah, in. Yeah, right. But yeah. not everyone's friends with Hermione, so I didn't buy that. And what one of the Secondly, people she's talking the, to is like, like his his not probably his winter whatever formal date from the fourth book. What is it, Parvati? Who did he date? Oh yeah, one and of the what twins. Happened I think, to yeah. Cho. One of the twins. And well, I what forget the heck about Cho. Happened to Cho. But she's Cho doesn't exist she anymore. She literally disappeared. <laughs> I had like two like, cameos, and that's it. Draco gave her a harsh talking when he was pretending to be Harry. And she just disappeared well, for the rest of why the Why would she around? And like a poorly written show also. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, the date that the one date that Harry had with his whoever his winter date was, I forget who, it was a real crappy date. And that's one of the things I liked about the fourth book, is just yeah. that he was like a he was a terrible date was, for was, that event. Mm-hmm. And like, like his first formal dinner dance date, and yeah. he was terrible at all and didn't know what to do. And like she was pissed off at him and rightly so. And like <laughs> that was that was a dating experience. Yeah. And at this she's like, uh, you know, well that was a few years ago and he's He's hotter now, so maybe I'll give it another shot. But, but, yeah, you're right. Like, just because he's super famous doesn't mean that 
everyone's going to be into it. It's like that makes more sense the first year, but like the sixth year, yeah. you think it would have worn off by that point. Mm-hmm. I think everybody being interested in him because he's famous makes sense for also, a high school thing. Also, he's famous for killing Voldemort, and Voldemort's back at this point. That's yeah. right. But <laughs> also, like, well, he's also the boy who lived. I mean, it depends on whether he's attractive or not. I think we're supposed to assume that he's attractive. He's also know. rich. They never say anything. Yeah, he's also rich. rich. They yeah, do yeah, right. say that. Yeah. Was well, like rich and status. That's right. Yeah. But yeah, it's interesting that Cho never makes another appearance. All these girls kind of start to latch onto him. No, Cho had to go back to their home planet. Yeah. Oh, um, apparently. And anyway, Hermione, long story short, she ends up being like, Harry, you're the one I want to be with. And Draco gets to slink off into the spiky sunset. Oh, there's well, like, a lot spike. that goes on. Well, like they're da- Draco and Hermione are dating. He's like, the Draco's like, yeah. I don't want to be with you because you you've given up. You have to go deal with these feelings. And all yeah, there's all Draco stuff is and, and other cool guy stuff to say. Right. <laughs> this is the interesting point of the fanfiction that really like sprung out to me is that initially it's implied that Harry is acting more callous and cruel because of the influence of Draco's personality due to the Polyjuice Potion, which honestly doesn't make any sense okay. if it's and only like a the, physical transformation. And like the fan figure itself disproves that when they talk about the magic stuff. Right. And vice versa, that Draco's acting more heroic and noble. And they make a huge emphasis on Draco, like, literally saying, like, Hermione and everyone else will say, oh, Draco, when this potion wears off, and he thinks it to himself, will you still act, like, loving of your friends and heroic this way when this potion yeah. wears off, when this potion wears off, when this potion wears off? They, they Huge have a, emphasis on that to Draco. They have a classic uh, breakfast club moment. Yes. Yeah. And then when it does wear off, Draco tries to date Hermione, like, nothing changes. Harry still acts really callous. Yeah. yeah. And he acts callous throughout the fic. I really had a hard time liking Harry's character at all. Yeah. Um, especially the way he treated Hermione, because every time he notices Hermione's with Draco, he tells her off somehow. Like, oh, it would be with your new boyfriend. Like, nah, nah, I hate you, blah, blah, blah. And there's this instance of, like, him being like, oh, I only told you I didn't love you to preserve your feelings, but, like, whatever. <laughs> which you know? which felt like, like it came from nowhere, right? Yes, it well, did. Well, she gets angry at him about that, too, but yeah. somehow she still ends up, like, mm-hmm. with him. Whatever. It's the first so, of three so books. I have insanity. a feeling there would be more anyway. love triangle action if we kept yeah, reading. And the, yeah. the actual My last push is like the, the mirror of what you want. I forgot uh, what it's called. Mirror of desire yes. backwards. My main point is that Draco actually does a really selfless thing in appearing because he knows the password to the Drif- Gryffindor um, dorms Com- now. Common room. Yeah. Common room now. Because of having been disguised as Harry, he heard, overheard someone when they were going there. He goes in and he tells Harry, like, Hermione wants to talk to you. Like, and he tells Hermione that, like, he tells both of them, I think, like, I don't want to be with Hermione if it's just her, um, her second choice. I want this to be clear. But he actually does, like, a really gracious thing going out of his way to do that. And none of that is very Draco, according to the source material. It, no. It's very quite strange. But it, does, it did feel like... the excuse no longer exists for him acting kind. Like, yeah, so it, he's it, a different character now. Well, it's it, it did yeah. feel that, like that growth was justified, though, at that point. I think so, because he really stood up to his father. Yeah, then all that um, stuff worked out, and he came back to school and was able to like reestablish his also, relationship with his friends and classmates yes. in this new light. And everything 
just apparently worked out okay. <laughs> yes. One thing I would like to consider is that it gave both of them, the transformation gave both of them an excuse to act a different way rather than actually like imbuing them with character qualities. And I think that would be a good one, but the fan fiction never makes it clear that that's the case. So. Well, I did say that the because they're imagined, they didn't change back because they deep down wanted to keep this transformation going. Right. For their own personal reasons. It's just the hairy one that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. Why is he such a dick? Why is he always such a dick? You just want an excuse to be a dick? <laughs> <laughs> I guess. That's, That's what Harry wants what deep down. seems to be true. Yeah. Looks and at the mirror of his and he's like, I wish I could just be an asshole for everyone. <laughs> yes. And yet Harry and Hermione end up together, even though Harry's more of a dick now. Although, yeah. since end I know this story. is part one of three, I, who knows how, how it's going to yeah. check out the end. And obviously, mm-hmm. it's the normal fan fiction thing where the other two books are progressively longer, I think. Well, I was talking about, I was uh, curious about how long each chapter was, because I got a PDF version of this, which was like um, mm-hmm. 203 pages or so. Yes. Mm-hmm. And like, it was, there was 11 chapters, and it started out like 11 pages, 11 pages, 14 pages, 14 pages, 14 pages, uh, 22 pages, 22 pages. And the last chapter was, I think, just under 50 pages. That's fan mm-hmm. fiction. It gets longer and longer. <laughs> mm-hmm. By the way, someone... Someone who's listening to this who knows about this fanfic probably will want this mentioned that there was a plagiarism scandal um, with this author having to do more with the second book in this series than this first one. Hmm. And the the end result was that uh, her account ended up being deleted by from fanfiction.net. Oh. That is why we are reading this on a PDF instead of oh. giving a link to fanfiction.net. Hmm. Um, what happened? What? what happened? What happened was some plagiarism, but like... <laughs> uh, was, is like, that why they went out of their way to um, quote all the quotes they got that, in this one? That is why. But everything it, they reference. Yes. They, yeah. yes they, and Very cite all the quotes, I guess. She was just in the habit of doing that and like drawing quotes from places. Yes. It was not just that in the second book, but to speak about it in any intelligent way would have required that I do so much homework. There is like <laughs> yeah. an expose titled the Cassandra Clare plagiarism debacle that I refer you to if you want like your initial uh, primary sources. Debacle. Uh, debacle. Debacle. Like debacle. I, I'm not educated <laughs> enough to comment on it. Um, okay. Suffice it to say in the copy that we are reading, yes, every quote that is drawn is meticulously sourced. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I, I was okay with. It, it was a bit distracting, but that's fine. It was a little bit funny because it was like, Literally, like, the character would speak a line from another piece of media, and it's like, you couldn't have just written your own line? I don't know. But they did source it really accurately. That's also fan fiction, right? You want to pay homage to the things you like, right? Well, yeah, yeah, no, I get that. I just thought it was funny, like, maybe because I'm not used to fan fiction as much. Right. It's like, it's funny when you use, like, not, your character isn't just quoting someone, they're literally, like, speaking a line as if it's their own. Right. But it was a good reference, so I, I appreciate the reference. So is there anything else we want to complain about or praise about this fanfic before we close this up? Hmm. I feel like we we talked about the stuff that we didn't like. Yeah. We also mostly talked about the stuff we did like. I guess I'd just like to repeat that the writing is very good. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. it's very pleasant to read. It's very enjoyable to read for the most part. Uh, when they're not talking about wet sticky kisses. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we don't want to think about. Um, well, I think the thing that bugged me the, the most, besides the awkward teen romance, but mm-hmm. well, I'll just classify that as something else, which right. is how they kind of wrote out Ron's character altogether. Mm-hmm. I yeah. thought there was a lot of development between the three characters that was just completely ignored. Yeah. Because they just wanted want to talk about Draco, 
and Hermione. I was going to say yeah. Draco and Harry, but it's Draco and Hermione mostly. Definitely yeah. an issue of author scope. Yeah. Where it's like, I don't want to write about Ron. He's not going to be in this very much. Yeah. I mean, that being said, they still treated Ron all right. But yeah, when he yeah. was there, yeah. Ron was treated all right. I mean, that touches on my complaint, which is um, that Draco was such a major character and so not accurate to the source material. Mm-hmm. Like, I get that they wanted to portray this as something that they could relate to is like kind of a relatable character and I think they did a decent job in that and that's praise for trying to make Draco relatable but like in doing that it was it was a stretch I think to make Draco relatable and to write out Ron I think was the natural progression to like kind of replace Ron with Draco because there weren't too many main characters I guess yeah I think so and so they made Draco sympathetic in response to writing out Ron Hmm. I guess and well, I don't know con- some, something was a consequence of something else. Right, there. and I'm not <laughs> sure if that's, you know, a complaint or praise. It's just, it's an interesting thing. It felt very strange, I guess, in terms of how the source material writes those characters. It was a little, it, it was interesting. I, guess. I had a little trouble dealing with Draco in this fanfic uh, because the last piece of Harry Potter media I consumed were the fan musicals, the Harry Potter musical and the sequels. Mm-hmm. So all I was imagining a lot of the time was like, Draco flopping around the stage and like <laughs> ranting about pig farts, yeah. um, but I, I got through it. It was okay. Well, was it like a particularly endearing thing about the fanfic for you? Uh, particularly endearing? Yeah. What was what about this fanfic in uh, general? You're asking what was? Did you have something like oh, that? Oh, did I have something like yes. that? Yes. Um, <laughs> Come on, Amato. Like, I, like <laughs> I said, I liked the farce of pretending to be other people and like kind of having to switch who people were pretending to be and like all that kind of role stuff. Um, I liked when, you know, several times characters were caught and had to like make up some story and roll with it. And there was just a whole lot of like lying and bluffing. And I I kind of liked that main action part of it um, taking place at Draco, at Malfoy Manor, not Draco Manor. (laughs) (laughs) Not yet. Not yet. (laughs) It was also pretty funny when Harry he was pretending to be Draco. Well, it's probably going to get yeah. repossessed at this point. Right, yeah. right. It was pretty funny when Harry was pretending to be Draco, and he just kept saying bizarre <laughs> and mean things, and no one was paying attention. He was like, this is my farce of Draco. Like, Draco raises baby basilisks to torture, and yeah. nobody, like, thinks, gives a second thought to it. That was Harry pretending funny. to be Draco, Draco pretending to be Harry, Hermione pretending to be... Draco's girlfriend, who like he just, she just steals the name of another classmate. It's like yeah. I, I'm that person. Um, I think one of my favorite one of those was um, when they're talking about all the attempts on Harry Potter's life that just happened in the background that oh, Harry, yeah. Harry never knew about. Like he was, oh yeah, was, was talking to his dad, to Lucius or something. And it's then like, you remember all these times that we tried to kill Harry. And, and Lucius was talking to a different Death Eater, and they yeah. were talking about oh, we, have, yeah. we have a plan to get Harry Potter. It's like what about all the other plans? Like when we try to poison his food. <laughs> Yeah, and, and his cousin like, threw it up, and then <laughs> these other times we tried to kill him very seriously, and they all ended up with wacky, <laughs> yeah, wacky results. <clears throat> they portray this wily e. coyote type like yeah. stuff going on in the background. Well, it's like they tried to send him like a mail bomb, and Dumbledore finds it and sends it back. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and the Death Eater ends up being buried in pieces. <laughs> yeah, well, that coyote was five versus five. Yeah, that Dumbledore like that was my like craziest part to me is that Dumbledore 
Obviously, this was a bomb. Otherwise, he wouldn't have sent it back. But he sent it back. back. <laughs> and that killed the person who sent it. I was like, double door. Oh, my God. Yeah, Lucius is like, we lose more Death Eaters this way than yeah, anything else. Like, but I, I, I like all this, um, like, farcical uh, d- black humor with, yeah. with mm-hmm. neo-Nazis. <laughs> yeah, 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 the farce here yes. was the more I was enjoying the fanfic at any given yeah. time. And, and like, because yeah, it was funny and fun Nazis to read. was always funny. Yeah, and <laughs> I just enjoyed the the... Because it really did capture a lot of the Harry Potter tone of the books, mm-hmm. which is it basically boils down to like the main character doing something, and then talking about the background characters doing something interesting, <laughs> like yeah. a, as sort of a side effect in the background. But they they did that really well and really in tone, and mm-hmm. really brought me back into the books. I think. Yeah, yeah. that was, it was pretty, fun. Yeah. pretty funny, and like pretty humorous in general. Like all their humor was super fun, and I enjoyed that. Also, I want a bunch of like silent. Like four box comic strips of Death Eaters trying to kill Harry and yeah. died yeah. horribly. I now definitely <laughs> right. want Spivers who spy like one just pages gag of that. Comics, yeah. <laughs> Death Eater gag comics. Well, like they're, funny. they're all in like dark robes and you never see their faces and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there's just chunks. <laughs> like third panel is when they send the letter bomb and fourth panel is when they explode. It, like, fourth panel is like horrifically gory. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It would work out really well. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're done here then, but I think we have a little ambiguity about what's happening next. What the f- next fanfic will be is going to depend a little bit on who we can pull together during Thanksgiving weekend yeah. and what's going to happen. Next recording for us will be during Thanksgiving weekend. We'll, we'll see what the schedules will allow at that it point. It may or may yes. not happen. Should yes. I even talk about what the next episode may be? There's two possibilities, or should I just leave it as a mystery? I mean... Sure. <laughs> well, you could just give it a little record for. for give it a sake. little record. Just give it a little. Record. Well, we're gonna attempt the the cursed fanfic again. Yes. Yeah. If we can, we're gonna try Father's <laughs> Heart by Fern with you. And if that doesn't happen, then it'll be the other one. <laughs> yeah. Then then we'll have a backup. But I guess I'll just leave that as a surprise because it's yeah. not one hundred percent settled. Um. That. That's about it. Mm-hmm. That was episode 12 of Retro Fanfic Retrospective, Draco Dormiens. <laughs> or something Latin. Dormiens. 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 Pronounce it Castilian Dormiens. You can find a copy of that fanfic at our hotlink at bit.ly slash rfrdraco. It's hosted on some site that I did not write the name of, but um, you'll find out. If you do a Google search for it, you'll find that PDF also. Yeah, it's like the second result, I think. It's kind of a, yeah. a big deal. The intro song for this show is The Weekly Fair off of the album Popey's Incredible Adventure by Komiku. The outro song is Run Against the Universe from the same album. You can find that album and other works by Komiku at loyaltyfreakmusic.com. Do you have questions or thoughts about the show? Please leave comments on the individual episodes on our website, which can be found at retrofanficretrospective.podbean.com or bit.ly slash retrofanfic, or you can be old-fashioned and send us an email at retrofanficretrospective at gmail.com. We're slowly inching towards being baseline confident (laughs) in social media, so there may be more ways to contact us in the future. Most of my life is slowly inching towards baseline confident. (laughs) At social media or just at anything? In general. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Amato. I'm Tori. I'm Dom. We're just three Earth life forms trying to be nice to each other. Until next time, take care. It's Wingardium Leviosa. <laughs> I'm flicking the switch. <laughs> I don't know anything about that. Bye.
Okay. The Detective Pikachu trailer went up. Oh my god! So yeah, Evie just told me about that, uh, and I, she it's said something really about. Good. I, I just loaded it on my phone. You don't have to watch it right now. Okay, let's watch it right now. Yeah, I just loaded it on but my you say phone. You don't have to. Because you have to. You all have to watch it right now. Right. No, yeah, I just loaded it on my phone, but I couldn't get it to like load fully. But like, <laughs> she said it was nuts. Like Ryan Reynolds talks for Pikachu, and That's Pikachu right. talks in a That's real right. human voice. That's like, right. Ladies and gentlemen, here's our live. Let's listen to. Okay, yeah, I was loading <laughs> it up. Detective Pikachu trailer. <laughs> Let's make sure the volume's up. Welcome to Rhyme City. A celebration of the harmony between... I've seen it before, so you can just... Yeah. Okay. This is nutty. Your dad was a legend in this precinct. There's Ken. If you were anything like your dad. I remember. You wanted to be a Pokemon trainer when you were young. Yeah. <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> Already. That's a gun! No, it's not a real gun. Never mind. It's stapler. Oh, jeez. Here we go. I know. No. Understand me. But put down the stapler, or I will electrocute you. Did you just talk? Oh no! Stop! It's so lonely. You talk to me all the time. All I hear is Pika Pika. You can hear him, right? Pika Pika. Pika Pika. Pika Pika. He's adorable. You're adorable. They can't understand me, kids. No one else. This is so messed up. This is so much better than it has any right to be. <laughs> this is so messed up. Yeah, all they hear is Pika Pika. Stop it! That's so, not okay. We got ways to make you talk. Or mine. Yeah. So tell us what we want to know. Fight. Yes, okay, I can. Shoving. Pushing. My problem is that I push people away and then hate them for leaving. What you saying you can shove it? What? I can shove it? <laughs> no, we're switching roles. I'm back up. You're good cop. No, 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 we're not <laughs> In my head, I saw that differently. What the fuck? <laughs> Something about this is hurting my brain so bad. You have no idea. I have some idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tori, I, I assume you never played the Detective Pikachu game, though. Oh, no, I. I rem no, I didn't, but I remember it. But it's not about. It's not about that. It, the Ryan Reynolds talking for... I... I know, everybody's very sad they couldn't get Danny DeVito. It's his Pikachu, goes Pika, Pikachu. And he's cute, and Detective he's got Pikachu. his own personality. Okay. This is not Ash's Pikachu. I know, but it's still a Pikachu, and it's supposed oh, to be... Oh, are you saying all Pikachu have the same personality? No. Right? Is that what you're saying? No, no, it's just the voice. You're saying you only accept Pikachu that fit in your own narrow little box? Maybe. <laughs> I just... I don't... This is, like, not... This is such a strange... It's, like, absolutely this American genre movie. Yeah, that's... I know this is what they're going that's for. That's why it looks amazing. That's what's supposed right? to be funny about it, but I'm just... 
Oh, I need some time to process. Like, when Evie told me about it, I was like, what? And I immediately looked up the trailer and it wouldn't look. So now seeing it, it's not like I wasn't prepared. It's everything that I heard it would be. And that is so much more distressing than I ever thought it would but be. You know that, um, like, fan picture of, like, the really weird, realistic-looking, kind of scary-looking Pokemon? Yep. They're, like, huge? Like, all gathered together. Yeah. All yeah. That, that's the guy they got brought in to design some of the CGI mm. awesome. Pokemon. Yeah. I almost said Digimon. <laughs> you look pretty good. I just I feel like it's diverging so far from what Pokemon is meant to be. You have to in order to make a live action movie about. It. I agree. Well, yeah, well I, agree, I would say to make a a movie that works. It's I don't just, know how it's all the an American work. movie. I think that's the. It's well, so different. All I can say is I'm definitely going to go see that, and I'm not going to go see Battle Angel Alita. So. <laughs> oh yeah, I hear you. 